Welcome to the Jesus Everyday Podcast. Here you will hear Pastor Ethan Callison journey with people just like you from Fellowship Community Church. Our goal is to engage in God's Word to find Jesus in the Scriptures every day. We desire this podcast not to be a substitute for your Bible reading, but rather a compliment so that you encounter Jesus and live a changed life. Here's your host, Pastor Ethan Callison. Well, welcome to the Jesus Everyday Podcast, where every word, thought, verse, and chapter of the scriptures point us to the person of Jesus. My name is Ethan Callison. I serve as one of the pastors here at Fellowship Community Church, located in the Roanoke, Salem, Virginia area. And I just want to say thank you for joining us in here and listening uh, to us as we model what it's like to read God's Word. Uh, because when we get in God's Word, God's Word gets inside of us, and God's Word comes out of us. Our goal and our desire isn't just to have more knowledge about God, but rather to allow that knowledge to change our heart, to change how we live our lives so that we reflect or we mirror Jesus to everyone uh, around us. So we're in here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you don't have the reading plan, you can just scroll down to the show notes on uh, the bottom of any of your podcasting platforms that you listen to. You can screenshot it, save it, print it, whatever you need to do so that you have the plan there that we're following along with to read through the New Testament here in the year of 2023. Daniel, so before we hop in here to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, outside of the person of Jesus, like I've said for people, I want to take that one out. Who has made the most profound impact on your life personally, and what has it been about that person that has made that impact in your life? I think the answer to that question is my grandfather on my dad's side. So this is my dad's dad. Um, he's currently 96 years old right now, born in 1927, which is just like mind boggling for me to think about, but he's in really good health overall. He's, he has an iPhone and we talk like twice a day on the phone. Usually when I'm going to work and coming home from work, we'll talk on the phone, but he has just been someone very special in my life. He has always made a huge effort to be a part of my life and the Mm -hmm. lives of my brothers and so we've always been very close with him. He's lived basically his entire life serving other people, mm. and he has just really modeled, I think, what it looks like to be a servant to mm. others. Like at various times in his life, for example, he has um, taken on some people in the community who had some disabilities. Like he would um, help out people who are blind or help out people who are deaf or had other disabilities. Um, he was the guardian of this gentleman um, who had cerebral palsy for several years and would visit him in the nursing home. And it just just kind of like a lot of Christ-like features mm-hmm. about him, basically, just mm-hmm. this kind of living for others. And he used to always say, you got to give something back. Mm. And so he's really uh, modeled that for me and for a lot of other people in my family. And he's always pushed us to get a good education, too. That's something he's always... Did really, he, really encouraged. Did he have an like, education girl? Like, did he go to college? Or? He, he did. I think, I don't remember if it was, I think he did get a bachelor's degree in like accounting or something in the 1940s, I okay. want to say, which is, again, it's crazy to think about how long ago that was. Yeah. But but he always really like stressed that for myself and for my siblings to to really work hard in school and to get a good education. That's, so. What's his name? His name's my name also, Daniel. Oh, cool. Yeah, I are was you named, named after him? Yep. So are you, yep. are you is your dad Daniel too? I, no. Okay. No. So I'm the second, but it's like split up. So my dad's uh, name my dad's name is Steve. Okay. So, <laughs> so I yeah, but So your dad named you Daniel the second for in honor of your granddad. Yeah, I guess. That's cool. I think the second is a little informal in there. But <laughs> but yeah, I was named after him. I've never understood the difference between junior and second. Like I never like my I don't dad know is, if there is a is, second. A, is or, junior. Or there's a difference. I mean, yeah, and I think it's uh, the formality. I've all, I've always said, forgive me if I upset some of you. I apologize ahead of time. But like, junior is the redneck version, yeah. and second is like the 
uppity version or the the higher you know i guess you would say it's like yeah that's a junior over there and it's like, you know, um so and then it's yeah. also i think some people probably looking back more towards royal families you would have second third fourth fifth sixth where it's like redneck like oh we can't think past this generation you're, you're just named after your dad you know kind of yeah situation. i want to say my wife actually commented on this because we were when we were thinking about names for our son mm-hmm. my name came up as a you know a possible name for him since there's already two of us in the family and Maybe I'm misremembering this, but I think my wife said, well, I don't want to call him Junior. Mm, and mm-hmm. it's like, that is a very solid point. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. apologize to anybody who is a junior out there. My dad's a junior, so <laughs> yeah. maybe I have some. Hopefully some... he's not listening to this yeah. episode. <laughs> my mom and dad listen to every episode. Okay, so. <laughs> great. I apologize <laughs> no, to Ethan's good. dad. <laughs> you're not going to upset him. All right, cool. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. What was the verse that the Holy Spirit illuminated in your life that you, you highlighted and wrote down? Okay, so this was verse 15. It says, And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. What is what is Paul saying here in this text? I think what he's really getting at is that when Christ buys us our life, and sort of like our eternal life in a sense, mm-hmm. our lives are basically his now. Mm-hmm. And this is a really good thing, actually, because God knows how to use our lives way better than we could ever use yeah, that's them. Right. You know, and um, ultimately, God's purpose for us is to get to heaven with Him, and so it's a very good thing that He's bought us in our lives. Um, but also, when you think about sanctification, mm-hmm. and again, sort of modeling like how my grandpa has lived and how Christ lived, it becomes less about ourselves and more about. God himself and other people, mm. right? Mm. And so kind of going back to what Jesus said about the the two more, most important rules to love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. I think that's kind of what it means that we're not living for ourselves, but for Christ who lived for us yeah. and died for us. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think it's even interesting, like looking, continuing, because uh, most people would gravitate towards verse 17, uh, very famous passage. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Uh, the, uh, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And it's like he's almost saying the same thing here in this mm-hmm. text in just a slightly different way that like for the new person to come, that old person has to die. Yes and die to ourselves, and who makes us alive isn't ourselves. We don't resurrect ourselves, but Christ gives us a new life. He says, you you have been made new. Uh, let me even ask you this question if you're like, I have no idea. I've never even thought about that. Um, many people would say, if you don't, feel free, just, I don't know, Ethan, that doesn't make sense. Many people would say, like, Christ gave me a second chance. Do you think that's theologically an accurate statement to make a second chance? Mm-hmm. That is a tough question. I think I would have to sit down and think about this a little Mm. bit more. Um, I would say I understand the point of what they're saying, Mm -hmm. but maybe that's a little bit inaccurate. The way I think about it is Christ has given me like a million chances. Yeah. And hopefully will give me a million more, right? Because it only takes, you know, it only takes one sin to be separated from Mm -hmm. from God, right? Um, You know, it was just Eve eating the apple and Adam eating the apple. And then now there's this sort of barrier between God and man, which, you know, Christ had come and has reopened that barrier as we mm-hmm. talked about, like the veil being torn. Yeah. Um, but even as I grow in the sanctification process, there's still going to be times when, when I fail and when I fall back on sin. And so I hope I don't just get a second chance, but like 
a million chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just interesting. I was even thinking about um, like Matt Nowitzki, our student director at North Campus, a couple weeks ago when he was teaching, um, said that a lot of people say, you know, uh, making the decision to follow Jesus was the best decision I've ever made. And he kind of brought the point was like, uh, really, when you say that you're bringing the focus not on Jesus but on yourselves that you made the decision to follow Jesus and not without getting down the theological wormhole of that uh, <laughs> but even just seeing here like I think what I see sometimes isn't rather that like Christ gave me a second chance because I think sometimes when we infer to that is like well my second chance then gave me the opportunity to win my salvation or earn my salvation or work my way but rather what we see here is like when we die to ourselves it's no longer us who lives but rather it's him for their sake he died and he raised us like Christ raised me from the dead. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't want to take two hours on this episode to talk about Calvinism and predestination <laughs> and all that it. stuff and, and see, you know, what's right and what's wrong about all of that. I think there's other podcasts, other books that will argue that and uh, probably still never come to the, the conclusion as, as. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wrong. But yeah, you know, and in, in going back even to, I think it was chapter three, mm-hmm. um, Paul talks about how Satan has blinded people mm. and only by turning to Christ is that, or Christ lifts the the veil. And again, it's kind of hard. Is it the person that turns to Christ? Is it yeah. Christ that reveals himself to them first? I think that's what it is, the, yeah. the latter, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, at the same time, I, I don't want to get too deep into that, yeah. that yeah. type of conversation. Yeah, I would even, I would even <laughs> just say this, like, um, uh, I believe we, one of the things I highly love is like, doing the best I possibly can to read the scriptures through a Eastern lens and understanding the Jewishness of Christ and the Jewishness and the Hebraicness and the Eastern thinking, that processing. And uh, I've heard this said multiple times from different people. It's like, if you ask a Messianic Jew, which is a person who was born Jew and lived under the law, but then understood in who Jesus is and came into a personal relationship with Jesus, if you ask them, did God choose you or did you choose God? Their answer would be, Yes. And it's like, no, 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 you didn't understand my question. Like, did you choose God or did God choose you? And like from their processing of things, it's not either or. It's a a both and. Yes, I had to choose God. I had to repent. I had to make that that willful acknowledgement while at the same time he chose me and he sent his son to the cross for me. So Yeah, and I think that goes back to that definition of grace about it's unmerited favor, right? Mm, That was a good word. So I think about that as like like God has this gift that he bought and paid for for me. Mm-hmm. I did nothing during that mm-hmm. gift. And he's handing it out to me, yeah. right? And now some will argue that it's me who will have to reach up and grab that gift. And now you could, uh, I guess some people would probably argue, well, is that does that count as a work then? Are you like earning mm-hmm. your salvation by reaching out and grabbing the gift? Or, or not, because Christ is giving it to you in the first place and he's already done all the work to mm-hmm. earn it. And I don't know what the answer is to that, yeah. but I'm just thankful I have it. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Cool. Uh, was it, uh, How would you apply a text like this in life? Maybe we've even dialogued some of that through there, but how would you apply this text? I think we need to take a moment and sort of examine what we spend our time doing mm. a lot of times, because we have to ask ourselves, are we living for ourselves in a lot of the things that we do throughout the day? Or are we living for Christ and trying to grow in sanctification? And I know I'm guilty of doing a lot of things that are sort of just for me, you know, mm-hmm. I think my biggest guilty, uh, habit is like scrolling through social media mm-hmm. a lot. And I find myself doing that. And it's like, you know, what, what am I doing? Why mm-hmm. am I doing this? You know, mm-hmm. it's almost kind of pointless. It's like, it's not beneficial for, for me, 
uh, a lot of times to scroll through that. And it kind of is taking my focus away from the things I should be focusing mm-hmm. on. So that's just one example. Um, I think um, when I think about applying this to my life as well, I see this really good example of how I lived before I had my son and how I live now, mm-hmm. right? Because all the things I did before my son was born, I didn't even realize that this at the time, but it was all for me, basically. Mm-hmm. Even even good things, like yeah. even like good things like exercising, you know, spending time in the word, you know, I was doing all of that for my own benefit, right? And then when my son is born, it's like everything's flipped. It's like yeah. everything is 100% for my son now, yeah. you know, and I, and I, do all of these things. And, you know, I had to, you know, give up a lot of the things I used to like doing, obviously, you know, taking that time and using it for my son, you know, is way better than anything I could have spent it on in myself. But mm-hmm. it's like, now my focus has shifted and now I'm focused on my son. And I think that's what God wants for us. Our focus to be shifted away from just doing things completely for ourselves and um, living for him. And of course, that's a work in progress for me, and I'm sure for everybody yeah. listening to this. That's a real good word because, like, even um, when you when you look at that First John chapter four would say that or says that uh, Jesus wasn't just born into the world, but he was sent to the world by the Father. And so, the, even the same thing that like when Christ was born, when we come into relationship with Jesus, He changes. It's not just like let me add that aspect on, or like I don't know how many of you are, uh, love technology or such. It's not like oh yeah, let me add that plugin into that software I'm already using. Like it's like no, it's a completely different operating system. Like you have a whole new OS now, and your life is radically changed because of who Jesus is. Um, so good, good word there, Daniel. Uh, how do you respond to this text into your life? I think one way to do it is actually. Uh, related to the sort of overarching message that we're talking about at FCC right now, which is to find ways to be hospitable. Mm. Um, Because the whole point of that is about living for others, right? It's about inviting others into your home and being a servant to them. And so I guess when this episode airs, I don't know if that will still be the (laughs) overarching. It will be uh, be over. But but, but most people people will will recall several weeks prior that this was the study going on um, about finding ways to be hospitable. So that's something that my wife and I are trying to find ways to do essentially Mm -hmm. and get people to come over and especially those who don't know the Lord and, you know, invite them over for dinner. And, um, it's again, still a work in progress with that, but we've at least listed out some people who were thinking of doing that. So I think finding ways to be hospitable is a good way to respond to this verse about not living for ourselves anymore. Good. Love it. Well, thanks for joining us here today on the GC Everyday Podcast. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow.